Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town Podcast for Saturday, September 21st, 2019. Hang on. What's 0921-2019? Let's. This might be a palindrome. Okay, so if you switch, if hang on, hang on, I'm doing something here. I don't, I haven't, oh boy. Okay, nine, so you don't get the zero at the front, but we can just forget about that. So nine, and then one zero, wait, 2019, nine, oh no, it would have been the 10th. Is the 10th a palindrome? Nine, 10. 2019, 9, 10. Yeah. Hey, if it was the, the 10th, it would have been a palindrome. That would have been cool. Or it does it, it works for other days too, or just the 10th? Dude, blowing my mind. So the September 10th, 2019 is a palindrome. That's got only happen once every, you know, gazillion years. And I missed it. We love palindromes on this show, and I miss the one day in the the lifetime of the universe that was actually a palindrome. Boy, you hate to see that. Gosh darn it. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm lying prostrate on the couch. You didn't think I was going to break that word out, did you? Prostrate. P-R-O-S-T-R-A-T-E. It's It's a weird word, right? You don't use that word very often. And I don't want to speak for you all, but I think I speak for you all when I say prostrate is just like not one of those, you know, words that you would use. It's like, you know, you're playing Pokemon and you come across a Tauros in the Safari Zone and you're like, what are you doing here? Like, I didn't even realize you were a Pokemon or like Electabuzz or something, which could easily be a campaign slogan if Mr. Aldrin ever decided to run. Um, But... Yeah, it's just like that's a weird word, man. I didn't even know that was that was a thing. Prostrate. I'm lying horizontal on my couch right now. That's a better word, horizontal. And we're coming to you live from the far north side of Chicago where it's super muggy. Holy cow. So I just got out of a movie tonight and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I was walking back to my apartment, it's raining. Not the not the like downpour kind where you're instantly soaked after five minutes, but the kind where it's just like a little pitter patter and you know, if you're just walking down the block you'll hardly even feel it, but after, you know, a, a three quarter of a mile walk, you you you'll get some wetness on you. So <clears throat> I undress and I'm sitting here in my they're not tidy whities, but they are tight and they're gray. So tidy grays. And I still feel like sweaty. Which is weird because it's, you know, probably right around 70 degrees outside. It's not that hot. It's just muggy. Everything's sticking. And I got back from a run earlier this afternoon and it was also, it just took me forever to get dry, getting out of the shower and stuff. Love that muggy, mugginess. That's a great word. Well, if you couldn't tell, my voice is a little bit deeper. Uh, I'm fighting off a cold. It was a fascinating physiological experience these past five days or so. Um, and before I jump into this, I'll, I'll mention that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Bean Town podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some 
uh, foul language. And number two, the podcast is objectively terrible. And I got some scotch. They say, hey, Quint, you're not supposed to drink and eat alcohol. What the hell was that? Did you guys hear that? Dude, I think my phone's listening to me. What the hell was that, man? That's totally uncool. You hear about those those Siri machines, uh, or is it the Alexas that, like, li- they they'll like say something unprovoked, and then sometimes the machines laugh at you, and it's just like, oh no! I think that's what my phone just did. We're gonna have to go on the playback to see if you guys picked that up, but. I swear to God, I'm just sitting here, and I was about to talk about something, and my phone, I don't even remember what it said, man. Dude, that's wild. Um, yeah, you know, you're, you say, hey, Quinn, you're not supposed to uh, drink when you are when you got a cold, but, you know, sometimes you need, I, you know, here's the thing. In the old days, you know, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, scotch, I think, is is the only medicine they had, so... I'm just paying respect to my elders, really. I think that's in the Bible. You know, I'm pretty sure that originally in the book of Exodus, there are only nine commandments, and then some weary parents, after getting uh, shit-talked, pardon the language, from their kids over and over again, decided to rewrite it and add a tenth one honor thy you know father and mother yada 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 um okay so about two weeks ago two or three weeks ago i was sitting in my office and started to feel a little tickle in my throat and when i get colds it's very usually pretty standard pretty classic i get a sore throat for about a day maybe a day and a half and then I get the uh, sinus stuff going on. My nasal passages get all inflamed, get a decent amount of snot going. Um, usually, unfortunately, this is specific to me, but I deal with bloody noses just because I got, I don't know, sensitive nostrils or something, man. It's, it's even worse. Anytime I have a cold when I'm visiting my parents in Oregon because they live at elevation, that's the absolute worst, man. I never stand a chance get bloody noses like twice a day it's the worst um but you know and it usually the whole thing lasts on average for me like six days if it's a real bad one it bleeds over into a seventh so um i know i know how my colds work and i usually just kind of ride them out and that's that well, a couple of weeks ago, I'm sitting in my office one day. It's like a Monday or Tuesday afternoon or something. And I feel that tickle in my throat coming. So I run over to the CVS, three-minute mile, and uh, I buy up the emergency. You know, I said, give me the whole store. I want that orange fizz, which would have been a good nickname for me in high school if I was a ginger, but alas. So i i uh i pounded i i i i pounded like three emergency packets, which is i think about seventeen thousand percent your daily vitamin c intake your recommended daily vitamin c intake um and I banished that tickle in the back of my throat to hell, so you're thinking, gee Quinn, real good, 
you probably uh, you probably staved staved that cold off for a while. I usually get two colds a year, one in the fall, right around this time. I remember getting a cold last year, uh, first week of October, I think it was, or last week of September, when I was in uh, Iowa and Utah. Great places to get a cold. Speaking of elevation, boy, did I have bloody noses in Utah. Um, and then usually one in the spring. Fall tends to be worse. Spring tends to be pretty classic, but no longer than five or six days. So I'm thinking, hey, maybe, you know, maybe I uh, played a little god here, and I'm not going to get a cold this fall. Wouldn't that be pretty neat? Well, look who spoke too soon. They put the horse in front of the carriage and uh, foot in mouth. So I hop on a train. This Tuesday afternoon, so we're getting closer to real time, five days ago, and hang on, I was just checking my tweets, <coughs> mercy, so I hop on a train Tuesday afternoon, going from Chicago up to Kenosha, Wisconsin, about a 90-minute train ride, and I swear to God, on the walk over from my office to Union Station, which is a mile, no issues, felt perfectly fine. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for my neighbor. Won't you be mine? Could you be mine? Get on the train. Everything's good. Feeling great. Listening to some uh, bleachers on my iPod. You steal the air out of my lungs. You make me feel it. Don't take the money. You got me run away. Love me some Jack Antonoff. If you don't know Bleachers, go check those guys out. There, uh, Jack Antonoff was behind Bleachers. He did uh, Fun. Remember the band Fun with uh, Nate Roos, Carry On, Some Nights. Uh, Nate Roos did that one song with Pink, right? You can't love again. Something like that. Um, by about five minutes into this train ride, man, the tickle in the throat came back. Except it was it wasn't your your grandma's tickle, right? And if your grandma's tickling you, you know. You got to kind of decide for yourself at what age that's still appropriate. But I think, you know, if you're like me and you've already turned 24, it's too, you're too old. It's too, grandma can't be tickling you anymore, man. So, um, I, but the, 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 so the tickle's there, but what's really bothering me, and I don't usually get this, this bat, right? When I, when I, get these colds usually the sore throat is just kind of its own thing it's not necessarily affected by other stuff boy was my post nasal drip intense damn it was like a effing corda mucus was crawling down the back of my throat every minute jeez that was rough it was so the thing is it wasn't even that painful the throat wasn't that painful it was just there was so much stuff back there, and uh, I I won't describe it in much detail to you. But look in the back of my throat, I would go in the, the mirror and 
shine my iPhone flashlight back there, and oh my goodness. Usually when you get a sore throat, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be red back there. No, it was just mucus. I think I saw that mucinex guy on a surfboard back there hanging tent. It was wild, man. So I, but the, the worst thing, I'm trapped on this train. And I, I'm thinking, okay, well, let me get to my hotel in Kenosha, right? Because I'm just training and Ubering everywhere. Um, and I'm like, there, I'm, I'm staying right in like the heart of the city. There's got to be, you know, Walgreens, Sevia, something I can walk to. Naive Quinn was mistaken. So I get to my hotel, I check, and I'm feeling pretty crummy. At this point, right, it's like five o'clock in the evening, and I get out of my work clothes and I pull up Google Maps on my iPhone because I don't I don't f with Apple Maps. Occasionally, there's I don't remember or recall when this happens. Maybe when I use Safari, but I'll be using something on my iPhone that wants to link to Apple Maps, and then I accidentally click on it and it takes me to the App Store and it says. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. I was blind, and I just can't live without you. For those young young people listening to the podcast, that's a song by Player. Not Slayer, Player. It's called Baby, Come Back. It's got a great music video. Ooh. Notification. Oh, not exciting. So, <clears throat> no new tweets. Okay, so... I pull up Google Maps, right, because I don't have Apple Maps installed on my phone, and I'm like, all right, where is the closest drugstore where I can get drugs? I would even settle for an apothecary, apothecary, A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y. There's nothing, I swear to God, within like three miles of where I'm at, which just seems absurd. In this day and age, I don't know if it was Obamacare or the leftists that, you know, architectures or something architect architects you know who was a uh, uh, mike brady what was the actor's name uh david something maybe rest in peace uh, because uh the reason i mentioned that is the brady bunch just made an appearance these six kid actors on uh stephen colbert's show this past week or the week before uh you got you got Jan, Eve Plum, Cindy, which is uh, Marsha, which is Maureen McCormick, uh, Greg, which is uh, Peter, which is uh, and Mike, which is uh, something look looking like Lookendale, something like that. I basically I got all the their names right. Um, but you all remember Florence Henderson passed a couple of years ago, and uh, the the father passed in like the forties, I think, and then the maid just died, uh, Alice. But I don't remember what her name was. She died like two or three years ago. Born again Christian, my favorite kind of Christian, and uh, Brady Bunch architect, Obamacare. Not a CVS or Walgreens or even an apothecary anywhere close to where I was staying. Boy, was that frustrating. So now I'm at the crossroads where it's like, 
do I want to pay out of pocket for an Uber to take me to a drugstore? Or, and then pay for it to come back and pay for the drugs? Or do I just tough it out at this point? And I'm like, well, the post-nasal drip is strong at this point. And I don't have any congestion or digestion or other types of gestions at that point. But I was like, you know, anyone who knows me knows that my frugality most frequently rules above all else. So I just uh, decided to drink a lot of water and hope for the best. Well, fast forward. So that that happened midday and on onwards on Tuesday and then Wednesday uh, continued, actually. The post-nasal drip continued to be strong until at least late afternoon on Wednesday, which was rough because I was working uh, on the road on Wednesday, which is kind of never fun to do. Um, and then, you know, by by midday Wednesday, the nasal congestion had begun, which I'll take, you know, I feel like the nasal congestion and the nasal inflammation, you know, I've been around the block a couple of times. I know how to handle that. The post-nasal drip was really bugging me because I don't usually get it that severe to where you can actually, like, feel the mucus streaming down the walls of your throat. That really sucked. But, um, yeah, the, the, the nose stuff started by midday Wednesday, and... Uh, Thankfully, I, I haven't had any mini. <clears throat> First, I said any, and then I switched to mini. I haven't had mini problems sleeping. Tuesday night was actually crazy. I was staying at a a, a Wyndham, Wyndham, uh, W Y N D H A M, uh, in Kenosha, right on the water there, and I had the best sleep I think I've had in maybe a year or so. I just went down hard at about 9 a.m., and I don't think I actually, like, no, 9 a.m. Bro, what are you talking about? It was, like, 10 p.m., and I'm switching my story here. I was down by, like, 10 p.m. I don't think I woke up till like, 7 a.m., and it was it was just, boom, straight sleep. But it wasn't the straight sleep where it, where you're concerned that it's, like, oh, you know, if I don't remember anything from my sleep, then was it actually even really worth it? Because then you just, boom, snap your finger and the day starts again. No, I woke up, I felt completely refreshed, which is just one of the best feelings in the world. And 95% of the time when we're awake, we're nowhere close to that feeling um, of restfulness and energization, if you will. But that happened Tuesday night. And then uh, the the other nights, I was staying at uh, Marriott in Milwaukee, Marriott downtown for a Wednesday and Thursday night. And uh, had had okay sleep. Not amazing, but not bad either. Nothing to write home about. Not that you would typically write home about the type of sleep you've been getting. Is it good sleep? Is it bad sleep? I don't know. I don't really write home. You know, we got texts and messages and emails and e-chats and web chats and webkins and I don't know, what am I in the civil war or something no I don't write home um so conference came and went I was in Milwaukee for a work conference <coughs> a lot of a lot of law people 
And I'll I'll ask I'll answer your first question. No, Ruth Bader Ginsburg did not make an appearance. But a lot of a lot of people of the law, you know, judges and jurors and jurors a a hard word to say and I think 30 Rock has a a series long gag on that uh juror J U R O R uh the rural juror and uh yeah no there there weren't actually any many uh judges nor jurors there I think a, one judge perhaps made an appearance a keynote speaker of sorts but we you know worked on Thursday went fine the tough thing for me about conferences and I I'm not a conference guy I feel like I don't know I I don't want to speak for all of you but allow me to speak for all of you when I say conferences more than almost anything else these days are like if you're an extrovert and you really like gain a lot of energy from meeting with and talking to new people then it's like the greatest thing of all time because there are just a million new people for you to meet. But for people like me who are on the opposite end of that spectrum, I just hit my nose with a microphone. I don't know if that came through at all. I was just readjusting from my prostrate position. That's a fun word, isn't it? Get a sip of my whiskey here. In case you're wondering, I think... 20, 22 minutes into this podcast, I might be coming across as drunk, high, uh, sleep-deprived, or all three. The answer is none, actually. This, I'm sipping on whiskey right now. First drink of the day. Uh, never been high in my life. And uh, not sleep-deprived. Slept like 10 hours last night. Uh, so I think it's just the cold, you know, kind of hanging on for dear life here. Deepening in my voice and making the podcast a little loosey-goosey. But I think I think this is going pretty well, actually. Uh, check my tweets. No new tweets. Um, oh, gosh, where was I? Oh, uh, for people like me, introverts, it's just, boy, it's really tough. Um, there's just so many new people, and I like, I do like meeting new people and learning about their stories, what they're passionate about, why they're here, that sort of thing. But when you got to do that, like at every single thing you go to, especially like dinners and cocktail hours, man, I just, I really don't, it tires me out fast, man. And so when you cold, when you cold a throw, when you throw a cold into the mix, which more than almost anything just messes with my head and my clarity of thought is just really in poor shape. It just makes trying to like talk to people really hard. And thankfully, uh, the sore throat situation this time around has not been that bad. You know, the post-nasal drip was frustrating, but the overall pain has really not been an issue. You know, you get cold sometimes where your sore throat is really on its game and uh then it just hurts to talk i recall this wasn't necessarily this wasn't a cold but last uh fall slash winter i had a huge tonsil problem literally my tonsil was huge but not both of them just one of them uh stage left from uh the way i face and i recall being at my aunt's house for thanksgiving auntie anna ogunake who's 
podcasting legend. She's been on before. Um, and I recall because she, they host a big Thanksgiving there every year and they always bring in lots of interesting people. And, you know, of course, it's no one I know. So um, there's a lot of talking and meeting and discussing that goes on there. And I remember just feeling so badly in both in two senses of the word one i just physically felt like absolute garbage because my throat hurt so badly but in a more uh metaphysical way if you will i felt badly because it's like there are all these interesting people here and i like want to meet them and talk to them but i must seem like this absolute not like a bad person or anything but just like what's this kid's deal because he's being super quiet and he's like given one word responses not saying anything they probably didn't even you know know i was the host of an award-losing podcast like quinn david first presents the beantown podcast one of the better podcasts in all of chicagoland and your number one source for misinformation on the internet right it's like they probably didn't even know that so it's just like um the sore throats can be a bummer so that wasn't the case for me i all that to say that wasn't the case for me this time around it just energy levels were low clarity of thought was low um, yeah, and I was, you know, I was working too. It wasn't like I was just, you know, hanging out. Um, Thursday wasn't, wasn't too bad because we were at the hotel the whole time. So when necessary, I could duck back into my room and actually took uh, a couple hours in the afternoon before I had to do a fair, um, not had an affair. I had to do a fair, uh, way fair, fair trade, eat more chocolate, cold play. I slept for about two hours, which was nice. Friday was tougher, right? Because I was up by 6.30 or so in the morning. Weird situation, right? So I was only technically at the conference through Friday, yesterday. Um, The conference went until Saturday this morning, but I was only attending through yesterday, which is what I agreed upon with my boss, yada, yada, yada. So that meant, right, I had to check out of the hotel Friday, which means that, you know, I got to do something with my luggage. And I don't, I'm not a super heavy packer, but I, I was gone for five days, four days, something like that. So I had my backpack and I had a duffel bag, which I think is not bad considering I have like workout clothes. I have business clothes for this conference and I have my me clothes. That could be my new clothing line. Me clothes, the, the me line by Quinn. It's like beeline, but the me line. Feline, beeline, me line, quin line, um, inline, inline skating. What does that mean? Is there an outline? I know there's an outback, but is there an outline? These are the things I think about. Um, so I had to decide what I was going to do with my luggage because we were spending the whole day at Marquette Law School. And, uh, you know, I was checking out of the hotel. So I don't want to walk around all day with a duffel bag. So it's like, what's. What's the deal with duffel bags? So I wake up real early, 6.30 a.m., to walk my duffel bag over to a good friend of the podcast and former roommate, Sam J. Anderson, who lives in the Milwaukee, uh, I was going to say area. No, he lives in the city. About a mile from, a little over a mile from where this hotel is. So I'm like, all right, let me wake up early before uh, anything happens with this conference, before we go over to Marquette, before I have to check out. Etc. 
I walk it over there. He's generous enough to give me a ride back. But all this happens, you know, I, I walked, you know, over a mile in the morning and it was muggy and then got a ride back all before, you know, 8 a.m. on a Sunday. Nope, Friday. This goes back to the clarity of thought uh, point made earlier. So um, they check out of the hotel. I got my backpack with me and uh, the whole day Friday was just tough. The sessions uh, were were great, but just not as geared towards me. And so I was I was doing a lot of ducking in and out because I was feeling pretty poorly. But um, yeah, that came and went. Got back, walked from, uh, took the bus back from Marquette to the hotel, and then walked the same walk that I had done about 12 hours earlier back to Sam's apartment. And uh, we we had a, a fairly fun night Friday night. Did a little Oktoberfest uh, action in Milwaukee, which was fun. I was fortunate; my uh, my health uh, definitely improved once the conference was over. Uh, take that for what you will. But uh, I felt pretty good last night, and the the nasal congestion really started to clear up quite a bit. There was still lots of inflammation, but there wasn't as much mucus. Uh, and I'm fortunate to say that today. For the most part, I felt really good. Um, yeah, my nose, my nasal passages are fairly clear right now. Still had some snot occasionally. Uh, there's almost no post-nasal drip. And uh, I still had this weird, these weird like chest pains. But not like, um, not like a bronchitis thing. It's lower. Like if you take your hand and you put it all the way where your sternum stops, there's pain like right there and right below. So it's not even chest as much as it's like upper gut. Um, and I can't tell if if I'm about to like at any given moment have just raging diarrhea or if it's just like stomach cramps. But I haven't been eating that much while I've been sick, so there's not really much in there. Um, so it's just kind of a perplexing thing, but it really comes and goes. You know, I'll go two, three hours without having any issues, and then I'll be uh, sitting here, and for like half an hour, it's just pretty intense. And it's like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Like, make up your mind. I did wake up this morning, and I had a crazy amount of phlegm going on in my chest, and I had a pretty heavy cough. Um, I felt bad. I, I thought for sure I was going to wake Sam up, uh, my former roommate where I was staying, because I woke up at about 7, because I went to bed at like 10.30, um, and he didn't he didn't get up until 9-ish or so. Um, but I don't think I woke him up. And if, if I did, then he was kind enough to not chastise me for it. Well, speaking of chastise, Jessica Chastain... Uh, that's coming up in, in the second half of this episode. But before we get there, we should really read some ads. And before I read some ads, I should really drink some scotch. So bear with me for one second here. Ah, that's the good stuff. All right, let's read some ads here. All right, here we go. Hump Pride Organ, are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth? All because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time. Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon, excuse me, is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider. The inspection services, including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. 
Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff all day long, 24-7, 365. If you're tired of big real estate, mango hold. I feel dizzy after that. Uh, on the home inspection market, and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, you better call Steve at 541-410-0316, or you can go to homeprideorgan.com. Sorry, I was typing something. Uh, again, that's fine. I'm still typing something. You know, typing and talking when there's two separate things, I know some people who can do that. I cannot do that whatsoever so in the span that it took me to vamp right there i was able to uh, finish typing because i remembered something i wanted to tell you all coming up here uh again it's 541-410-0316 and i didn't want to forget or visit homeprideorgan.com homepride organ inspection perfection shout out to the samson q2u series doesn't matter if my voice is deep rich and mahogany-esque down here because of the uh, nasal inflammation and the phlegm in my chest. Or if it's high-pitched, like if I got uh, ball-crunched, as I did last week, skydiving. <laughs> hey, if you, haven't, if you haven't listened to that episode, <laughs> that w- <laughs> I, I'm not one who goes around and just you know toots my own horn and says, oh, you got to listen to this episode, that episode. That's a good one to listen to. I think that was just a genuinely funny story. Um, yeah, I went skydiving, got my balls crunched, and I puked. But the puking wasn't from the skydiving. It was from the driving there. Uh, I also shout out to Torrid Kurz, who I learned, and this is no lie, I learned apparently is like a plus-size like uh, lingerie or clothing line. I tell you what, maybe this says more about me than it does anyone else, but when I got the Torrid Kurz magazine a couple months ago, I opened it up, I said, these are real women. Uh, and you look at it and they're not, you know, you can, you can tell, you know, the Victoria's secret models, they got, you know, probably some eating issues or something because there's just bones where there shouldn't be bones and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but on the flip side, you know, these, these ladies in the Torrid Curves magazine, they're not like, you know, Olive Branch, Mississippi, four dollars for the jumbo platter riding around on their mobility scooters i mean they look like normal people and if that if normal is plus size then sign me up you know that's all i'm gonna say uh all right last one here cuts by q oh i think we forgot the slogan for the samson q2u series when god speaks he uses a samson there we go bob and weave we're just speaking of weaving we are just seamlessly integrating our uh, our ad reads here which is pretty nuts feel like a 20th century classical composer uh bob and weave uh let's see we all know that i'm not wearing my glasses and i'm sitting far away and you're probably saying quinn don't you have cuts by q memorized by this point yeah but with this cold and the i'm about halfway through my glass of scotch it's just and i'm getting pretty tired so you're, no one's listening to this right when it comes out, but I'm recording. It's about 11.15 by now on a Saturday night. This episode's going longer than I expected it would. So it's all kind of coming together. I'm getting sleepy. Cold is limiting my mental abilities, and I've had, I, I don't feel buzzed in any way, but, you know, you get a sip or two of scotch, get that little warm feeling going in your chest. Oh, 
All right, let's try this one more time. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle. We all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, just completely different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, and greater Chicago land. From beehives to bangs, fohawks, to flat tops, and everything in between, call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200 or you can email CutsbyQ at yahoo.com. Again, that's Cuts! Q-U-T-Z by Q at yahoo.com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Tell you what, no scratchy voice is going to bring my singing voice down. I'm lean, mean, and in charge. And I don't really know what that has to do with my singing voice, but, you know, I said it. I just found a hair on the bottom of my scotch glass. That came from my scalp. What are you doing there? Jeez. Get off the glass, man. There's another one. What the hell? My glass is Harry. Harry Osborne, James Franco, Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man. That's uh, J.K. Simmons' quote. Not, <clears throat> not James Franco, though. Okay, uh, I promised you all, uh, it's 11-11, make a wish. I wish Jessica Chastain was here. She's growing on me, man. I'm a, I, I really didn't know her that well until the last couple of years. And uh, the more I see her, not only is she visually appealing, I just think she's a hell of a good actor, actress. And I used to always get her confused with Bryce Dallas Howard, but not anymore. I feel pretty comfortable now in distinguishing the two. Um, but before I, I get to it, chapter two, I want to mention two other things real quick. Um, so I got home from Milwaukee this afternoon and uh, went for that run. I was I briefly alluded to and showered up, and I'm walking out. Or, or okay, so coming back, I noticed right next to my apartment, uh, not on the street my apartment is on, but the closest intersection in the that street, so the one perpendicular to the street I live on, and the block going north on that street, it's there's like a jeep parked in the middle of the street, and then like a sign next to it that says "block closed for block party," and it's like okay, that's weird. Nothing about this looks official. And I noticed on the, because I hadn't heard anything, but then again, I've been gone since Tuesday. I see a tree uh, outside my uh, my apartment, which is not the conspicuous aspect, right? That that tree had been there for years, but there's, there's signage with thumbtacks. I've never seen a thumbtack inserted into a tree before. Fascinating stuff. And it says something like, we're having a block party right here, uh, 2 to 6 p.m. on Saturday, September 21st. And, uh, you know, bring, bring, bring a chair and have some fun. And so naturally, I was like, no, I don't want to. So I, uh, 
I'm going to come back to that later in like 30 seconds. But I just want to mention I sat down to eat something because I hadn't had any lunch after my shower. And I was going to watch an episode of Better Call Saul on Netflix because I have started watching the show. And I'm not very far into it, literally like two or three episodes. But, of course, you know, Netflix will show you, you know, whatever they want to promote right at the top of the screen there when you visit the website. And I had heard about this, but I hadn't really read anything about it. The uh, Zach Galifianakis movie came out, which is like a Netflix movie between two ferns, the movie. And that's one of my favorite comedy series of all time. So that there aren't very many things that I'll see pop up on the internet where I'm like, oh, drop everything. I'm going to watch this. That was one of those because Between Two Ferns is just one of the best uh, written things of all time. So I watched the movie. It's like 85, 90 minutes long, something like that. Uh, I guess it's what I expected. I don't know. I I Because Between Two Ferns is so good, but it's also so short, right? There's only 20 episodes or something like that, and each one of them is at max like six minutes long. Some of them are like half of that long. So to turn something like that into a full feature length is, I mean, I knew it was going to be strange the first time I saw a trailer for it, Uh, and it was. It was very strange. There were plenty of moments that were like, oh, love this. I see the Galifianakis humor. That's good. And they're very subtle, too. The jokes, for the most part, in this movie... Um, at least the ones that I found to be really funny were not jokes that were like set up really well or even jokes. They were, it was just kind of comical lines in very humorous situations. Um, and no one really told you, Oh, this is where you're supposed to laugh. You just kind of had to determine for yourself whether or not you found something to be humorous. Um, so in that regard, I liked it. Overall, it was just you know very strange. Um, and again, I don't really know if I expected something different from that. Uh, but I'm glad they didn't uh, try to overdo it with the length for any reason. You know, I know most comedies are not long, but yeah, I mean, I think if you like Between Two Ferns, it's worth you know, an hour and a half of your time just because, you know, the whole, a lot of it is really strange, but there is a lot of, um, just mini bits from, you know, what you would expect from a class between two friends episode. There are, there are, there is plenty of screen time dedicated to these interviews and you get interesting people on them. Uh, McConaughey, uh, I, kills me that she's the second one that's coming up here but Aquafina's on it she didn't really do anything but she's in there for like 30 seconds they get um what's her face from x-men but tessa thompson is one of them uh who else i don't know you kind of uh uh night school lady tiffany haddish who boy and i i try not to say much because it's not my place as a fledgling comedian, but I don't, I don't think Tiffany Haddish is that funny. I don't know. I feel like I missed the big joke with her. Um, I kind of feel the same way, honestly, and this just starting to make me look bad because of the demographic similarities, but Leslie Jones, where I feel like the whole joke is just like them as a person, but th- what they actually do is not that funny. Like, their material is not that interesting. I don't know. 
Leslie Jones is gone from SNL, and I don't feel like I will miss her, really. I don't know. She was such a bad actor. Uh, just very much a one-trick pony. Um, what was I even talking about, man? Oh, Between Two Ferns. Yeah, if you like it, check it out. There's interesting footage. Chrissy Teigen, a really strange, fast ha- uh, fast acting, like uh, effing uh, heartburn medication, fast acting plot with Chrissy Teigen. That is like, um, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe it, and I don't want to give it away. It doesn't really make any sense, but it's there. It's there. Um, I don't understand why, but it's there. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested, if you like Between Difference, check it out. If you're not into Galifianakis' style of humor, then you'll probably watch it and be like, why did it, like, when did, the, where did the jokes happen? Like, I missed it. I feel like I missed the whole thing. Um, of course, the heavy amount of Will Ferrell as well, because it's, you know, Between Two Friends is a funnier die thing. So, I watched that anyways, then I was like, well, I'm not really doing much tonight. I'm still kind of lying low from this cold, which I felt I felt pretty good all day. Um, and I was like, you know what, I want to try to stay close to home. And uh, none, of, none of the people I know who are up here are, are around right now. So uh, I decided I had been meaning to do it for two weeks now, ever since it came out. I decided to go see It Chapter 2. And on my walk there, the block party comes back into play, right? Because I walked, I walked through it uh, just to see what it was like. Well, the first thing you notice is that there was no party. Uh, so the street was blocked off. There were very few cars parked on the street. But I'm walking down, and there's just nothing going on until I get to the uh, right where the block ends. And the next street, you know, intersects. And there are four guys sitting there in lawn chairs with a grill listening to Block Party, the British band. You, I don't, I don't know if my listeners know who Block Party is. Um, they had a song featured in FIFA, which was maybe not their, like, big break, but a big break for them. Uh, they're pretty good. Their lead singer is black, which you just don't see that very often from rock bands, which is cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, check them out. Block Party. Helicopter is a classic, very uh, recognizable guitar riff. It sounds like I'm a wind-up toy trying to sing it with my cold. But it wouldn't it wouldn't sound good anyways because you just have to listen to them do it. Um, so that w- that was you know it was a f- it was just four bros hanging out at a block party listening to Brock party probably grilling some sausages. And I was like, okay, I didn't say anything to them. I just kept walking past because I was like, I'm gonna go watch this movie. You know, I could listen to Block Party at home. So I go watch it chapter two. Uh, okay. Quick hitting uh, review because we're on minute forty seven, forty eight here, uh, and I, I've I've literally been out of the movie for less than two hours, so I don't, haven't had a lot of time to organize and formulate my thoughts. So, it chapter two, of course, sequel to it. It wasn't called it chapter one; it was just it. Uh, Twenty seventeen, 
all, pretty much exactly two years apart, uh, based on the novel It by Stephen King, which I just read for the first time last month. Uh, it's about 1,200 pages long. It is a behemoth. And the movies, when combined, are about five and a half hours long. So there's a lot um, going on there. Um, the original, not the original, the 2017 version of It was a good movie. Uh, well done, well paced. The acting was excellent. Did a decent job of staying. I And I, you're going to hear me say this a couple of times, staying true to the story, staying true to the book. I don't think staying true to the book or not staying true to the book makes something a good or a bad film. But I think it does uh, authenticate it in a way in which, uh, or for example, if you're able to stay true to the source material and also make it a compelling screen version, to me that's far more interesting than just making a compelling screen version that doesn't really seem to have any reverence of any kind for the original source material. So I appreciated that uh, IT 2017 was able to do that in a smart way. Whiskey break. Scotch break. So, IT Chapter 2 was always going to be a harder sell, and everyone and their mom knew it, because IT 2017 is your classic bunch of kids running around in the summer, there's this scary-ass clown who only pops up occasionally, right? They they follow uh, the Jaws blueprint, not in that you don't see the monster for the first 37 minutes, but just you almost never see the monster. And it works out very well. Good character building. Uh, in classic Stephen King fashion, as much of, you know, a, like, supernatural horror there is there's as much of uh like a real real life horror which in this case is Henry Bowers and just the town of Derry itself um right so pennywise is only one of the like bad guys in the original it um it chapter 2 is a lot tougher to sell because it's not told from the perspective of these kids and this coming of age thing that's super relatable. Uh, it's just super interesting. And a clown is a scary thing to kids. And it's really not that scary to adults. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but it's not that scary. Um, but boy, it, uh, I'll come right out and say it, it, it misfired. Um, some some big issues, and I'll, I'm not going to be able to remember every single issue I have with it. Uh, let me start with the positives, what I really liked. The casting was fantastic. It's crazy uh, how similar these adult actors they got to play, you know, the grown-up version of the kid actors they got from in 2017. It's scary how close they were. Some people, like Bill Hader... You really didn't have to do that much. Just throw on glasses and throw on a similar hairdo, and you're like, okay, we're we're good to go here. But other people, like, uh, and I don't know the actor's name, but the the actor who played Eddie, the facial tics and all that stuff was oh man, 
that was amazing. He was really good. Um, so I, I thought the casting was excellent. Uh, other things I liked about it, I guess. Uh, boy, that's kind of that. It was it was an entertaining movie, right? I didn't feel like I wasted my money. I had a good time. Um, but boy, there were a lot of misfires, and I'll try to keep it as macro as possible. Um, but I will mention there are spoilers. Now, there's not that much to spoil because there aren't that many, like, game-changing things that happen in it, Chapter 2, and there's honestly probably only, like, a max of two things you could spoil. Um, but uh, the first criticism I have is my biggest criticism. It's the editing, uh, which maybe makes me kind of sound like a film snob, but uh, editing and pacing is, they're not the same, like, type of thing, but the bad editing led to some serious microscopic pacing problems, which in turn led to some large-scale pacing problems. Not not necessarily. They the, the small pacing problems weren't always explicitly tied to the large pacing problems. I guess those are two separate issues. Let me start with the editing and the, the microscopic pacing problems, uh, and I'll get to the larger pacing problems. Um, there, I, I lost track. Uh, it's something I noticed right away in the movie, and it just continued on and on and on and on. The uh, There were scenes, many of them in this movie, uh, where the, you would just jump from horror to comedy to drama to thriller, all in the span of like two minutes, and the music would change. The lighting would change, the tone would change, but it's all one scene. And you'd just be like, wait, wait, how was I supposed to feel here? I missed something. Oh, now we're on a different type of thing. But Oh, okay, now we're doing this. It was really not distracting, but just like you can never sink your teeth into anything, which is shocking to say. Uh, because of the movie's runtime, which is another criticism we'll get to. But it was crazy. Like, the whole mood would completely do a 180-degree shift. The music would change. The action would change. It was just like, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie do that before. It was so weird. I didn't understand it. Um, I'll I'll tie runtime and, and larger scale pacing into one here. Man... It was two hours and 45 minutes, and that was not necessary. Um, because you physically, you, you like, even only two hours after I finished watching it, I think about, okay, what happened in this movie? And there are so many little intricate things that you can forget about, and they did do their best to include a healthy number of things from the book that aren't necessarily critical to the plot, and part of me appreciates that, but part of me is also like, man... The first act was is strange because it feels really rushed, um, and I, I, there's no good way to do this. And I, more than anything else here, I applaud the filmmakers for giving this their best shot because it's a real hard one to do, right? In the in the original or in, in it 2017, you don't have to do all this separate character work because they all live together in the same society in the same universe. Well, these guys now. 
they live on, you know, like three different continents. And so everyone's just getting one scene, but they don't really, you know, those scenes that each character gets are critical and you need to do something with character development of some kind in there. Uh, and they, they tried to do it, but they just didn't. It needed to be more effective. And I'm not a filmmaker. I don't have any comments or suggestions for how to do it better, but it wasn't that effective. Um, so that first act is kind of rushed, and then the second act is, and I knew it was going to be like this if they stuck to the, the script, which they did, and I appreciate it. But the second act was just, man... In the actual book, I mean, it's probably like 200 pages. And so you try to turn that into one act of a movie, and it just goes and goes and goes. And it's not scary because they do the same thing over and over again, just in a different setting with different characters. And Pennywise, after a very short amount of time, is not scary in any way because you just keep seeing him and they're not hiding him, right? That's something the first film did really well. He's just out there walking around and it's just, oh man. And then the third act, and there's a lot of stuff going on also. It just drags so much. There are like, it, it wasn't like Return of the King necessarily where it's like fade to black and you're like, oh, this is the ending. Because when they did all their, like, they weren't really false endings, but you were just like, I know this isn't the end because there's other things that have to happen. But there are so many, like, final defeats, and then something else happens. Oh, we're going to do a final defeat again. And it just happened, like, four or five times in the third act. And by the end, you're just not that compelled. You're like, what's at stake even at this point? Like, I don't care. Um so some major pacing problems. Uh, there were too many flashbacks, man. And I, again, I laud LAUD, the filmmakers, for doing their best because they they really paid tribute in a way to the original source material because the book jumps all over the place from setting to setting. And so the movie kind of tried to do that here in Chapter 2 with a lot of flashbacks. Um, but I I almost felt like we rewatched half of the original movie just through flashbacks in it chapter two, um, so honestly I think like I don't know if they're gonna do a supercut and how they're gonna handle that, um, but it just felt like I don't know I guess it's nice if you haven't seen it 2017 since 2017 but it's it just felt lazy almost at times. Uh, and then, you know, they had to do some serious CGI stuff with the actors um, and then also do some voice stuff with them. And that was just kind of a little weird. And I get why you have to do it. Uh, but my, 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 I think, last complaint here, uh, or, or two more complaints. One, the special effects, the CGI, not, not that great. Um, I felt really lazy, just like a big budget thing with a, pardon the language, shit ton of money, uh, and they just didn't really care. It didn't add to the scariness. It just kind of felt like not rushed or anything, just not that compelling. Uh, Didn't love the CGI. And then 
I think I had one more point here. Oh, um, how they chose to end it. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting. They they take a. That's my last point. Then I'm done. I promise, because I'm going over the hour mark, which is crazy. Uh, they they take multiple swipes at Stephen King early in the movie about the fact that he's not able to write a good ending, um, which is maybe ironic with how this movie turned out. Um, but but for one second, humor me on this. The book itself, the ending is really trippy, man. Um, if you never read it, I mean, I don't know what I can say that's going to convince you to go pick up a 1,200-page book other than it's one of the greatest horror books of all time but uh the ending of the book is super strange man uh like one or or two three of the characters i think jump into uh like a basically a time warp like black hole sort of deal and there's a there's a turtle in there man and it's it's pretty strange um, they didn't mess with any of that stuff in this movie, but instead how they chose to, um, <laughs> defeat the monster. Oh, not good, man. And I didn't like the lesson. Uh, in fact, there were a couple lessons per se at the end of this movie, uh, that I didn't like one. And we're getting into big time spoiler alert stuff here. Uh, but the fact that like they defeat Pennywise by bullying him. What? What? Okay. That doesn't make sense to me, man. But all right. Uh, and then the whole, like, Stan Uris note at the end, which they tried to do do a whole, like, uh, three billboards Woody Harrelson thing. Uh, they tried to make it like Stan's death was actually vital to the group surviving uh, or Stan's suicide. No, it's, oh, that's not. And that has, that's extremely contradictory to what Stephen King intended in the book. Um and then, uh, yeah, uh, Bev ending up with Ben in the, the movie versus in the book, which is not what happens. Uh, didn't love that choice. And the whole love triangle that they tried to just push over and over and over again with McAvoy and Chastain and the Ben actor, it was just so boring and not interesting and not in the source material and just, man, uh, the whole uh, gay stuff with Eddie and Richie, again, that's something the movie did for itself. Nothing in the, uh, in the book would, would suggest that. I didn't mind it. Uh, it's a very, you know, 2019 spin. Um, it was fine. I, I won't criticize that. I don't, I don't think it hurt the movie in any way. Um, it just did add a new dynamic that was nowhere to be found in the source material. And the last thing I'll say is, man, and this is my, my very last, uh, you know, point C of tab to be whatever on my last point. Um, and then I'm done. I promise the, in the book, um, and I'm forgetting, I'm, I'm willing to look past the fact that they completely cut out the Audra and the um, Bev's husband storylines because those, I think, were interesting, but there's no way. Like, just too much time. They wouldn't have been able to do it well. Uh, but Henry Bowers, they get, they, nothing, like, come on. 
You get him out of prison. You dedicate a decent amount of time to that. Then once he's out, not it's like nothing happens, basically. Um, in the book, when he goes to the library, book spoilers, uh, and takes out Mike, that, I mean, that's a huge scene. It takes up a lot of, not a lot of pages, but it's just like a big shock. Um, and it takes Mike out of commission. And that's that's basically how he ends in the book, um, sitting in a hospital bed. And I'm not, I'm not saying I would have liked to see Mike taken out of commission in the movie. Um, I think it was nice that they included him, but he, I, this, the scene with him and Bowers is just like a snap of the finger and it's over and Mike doesn't get his ass kicked. And Henry Bowers goes from like this crazy, I'm out of prison, completely unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do with his knife guy to like he attacks Mike but doesn't get any hits in on him. And then he's, spoiler alert, taken out. So that was just such a waste, man. There was no like human terror element in this. There was no dairy terror element. They completely... I mean, so much of the book and the same goes for like the shining. So much of the horror comes from the actual place, the actual setting. They did a decent job of that in it 2017. They just, just completely discarded that in it chapter two. Um, which I think is why it didn't really feel like a horror movie. This really just felt like a drama, like a, like a sci-fi comedy almost um i i did appreciate many of the laughs but there were just so many of them that you're like well is this is this coming of age is this comedy sci-fi the one thing you don't think is is horror um so that was i don't know chapter two was never like an explicitly horrifying uh, book it was always much more like or part of the book it was always much more you know uh coming of age supernatural uh than chapter one but yeah it, it missed um and my final thought here i applaud the filmmakers because it's a really tough ask and i'm glad they had the balls to do it and make some of the choices they made but i just wish they would have taken more time and gone it done right because there were just too many misses. Um, yeah, I, w- I would give it uh, two, two out of four stars, I think. I didn't want to drop it to one and a half because they did a really, they worked really hard on it. But two and a half out of four stars makes it kind of seem like, oh, it was close. It just didn't quite get there. Uh, it, was, it was worse than that. Uh, so entertaining movie. Don't go if you're looking for like, the year's best horror movie because you're not going to like what you find, I think. And then you're also going to be like, wow, this movie's got to be wrapping up. Oh, crap, there's still 90 minutes left. Um, so it was solid. I'm I'm glad I saw it, but um, I don't know. Just It's not memorable, right? You'll remember a lot of things from It 2017. It Chapter 2 will just kind of be like, oh, yeah, and then they made a sequel as well. Whatever. All right. Uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can always email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Again, it's Beantown, 
B-A-E-N-T-I-M-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at yahoo.com. We always love to hear from you. Maybe some movie recommendations. That would be good, right? What what should we watch? As a general PSA to everyone, I have seen Roadhouse. So that should clear up any confusion there. Okay, uh, for all of us here on the north side of Chicago, this has been Quinn David, Quinn David Furness. This is my show, the Beantown Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, that's what we had for you. I uh, hope everyone enjoys. Has a good week. Stay safe. Fall weather's coming. Maybe get out to a pumpkin patch. Did someone say apple cider donuts? Uh, we'll see. It could be fun. It could be tasty. That's what we got for you. Everyone have a good one. See you later. Stay healthy.